Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has downloaded episodes, the podcast being up in between the one and number two slot on Apple for the top nutrition podcast in Ireland is a little bit nuts. It's kind of fluctuating between one and two at the minute and there's some massive names up there to be amongst those is crazy. So I just want to say a massive thank you for everyone who has listened. So please continue to leave reviews as much as possible because the more reviews you get, the more it will be seen, the more it will be shared, the more people can come into the kind of the the ecosystem of of the podcast and kind of learn a little bit more and this episode today is a little bit different this is an interview that i did with a a really amazing guy and a very very talented coach uh, dan reese he's a dublin based online coach and he has a very similar outlook to coaching in relation to myself in that it's no no bs it's no frills it's evidence-based and he's the host of the coach by dan podcast and this episode is very orientated towards does dieting have to be unenjoyable kind of removing the negative attitude towards dieting are fad diets kind of a thing or are they are they negative or what do we need to have for people in order to kind of remove away getting away from the the whole mentality of fad diets leaving the foods in behavior changes getting rid of the whole idea of that dieting has to be miserable having family occasions being inclusive and also a little bit of advice if you are hating your diet and how that's going to work so hope you guys enjoy the episode it's an amazing episode i really, really did i really, really enjoyed having a chat with dan and the questions the line of questions it was very different from what i've been normally used to for myself from other podcasts that i've been on to and uh, I'm, I'm super excited for you guys to listen to it so hope you guys enjoy it please don't forget to leave a review up on itunes and up on spotify give dan a follow as well and enjoy the episode shane how are we getting on my good man we are very good. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Pleasure getting you on. Um, so before we crack into the podcast itself, for anyone listening, um, I actually, it's really funny, actually, I didn't say this beforehand, but I have had a few people like on, like I've been on my phone, like the notes section, like, oh shit, this person would be great in the podcast. I'd love to get this person, this person, this person on, but I'm just really bad at like setting five times to actually DM them. It takes like 30 seconds to do, but I'm like, okay, I'll do it today. And I just forget to do it. Um, I had a note on my phone from like December, early December, with like Shane Watts and like two other people on it. I was like, oh shit, I'll probably get onto that now. So fucking, what is it, three, four months later? And so it's, a pleasure, it it's, it's a pleasure to be on because we know, I know we know a lot of uh, common people as well, a lot of uh, people we know mutually and stuff. And I think with the whole getting people on, I what I try to do for myself is on a Wednesday is kind of allocate like even 20 minutes into your calendar and just say, right, I'm going to, what topics I want coverage and research that and then just pop two, three DMs. And if you get a message back, happy days. But it's about try and test what fits into your routine, really. Like like anything, like it's what is it like and but that'll kind of it'll kind of lead quite nicely into the podcast today. I suppose like whatever the goal is, like obviously if the goal is getting more people on a podcast or getting certain names in a podcast, you know, it doesn't require massive action, like 20 minutes to shoot a DM to say, hey, how you getting on? I want to do this, this, this. I've had this person on, let's crack on. You know, it takes like, like, like 20 minutes aside, you can send like five DMs. If one person gets back, that's a cool podcast to fucking record. Exactly. And I think when I know when I first started, it was like, I, you feel that these, some of the names that you kind of reach out to could be too big to come back to you or whatever. But I kind of compare it to kind of like when we could go on nights out, it's kind of like when you're mm. going up to talk to someone on a night out, if you don't go over and talk to them, they're not going to talk to you. But if you actually try it, it's the same thing. Like these people, like 
people want especially with what's going on now there's people more accessible more available you don't know what they're going through it could, i i find the the podcast a kind of a in a weird way a kind of a form of kind of counseling because you're not seeing people on a day-to-day basis you get to have a chat with people who have a story you get to chat with people who are who know stuff that can help clients and help yourself and learn and that's the best way to do it pick up sponge off information from people who are leading in the industry on certain elements and that's what i use it for and it's i'm very lucky with what it's what's happened so far like the worst they can do is leave you on scene or say no exactly and yeah. if they say no they say no and then you're kind of like right put on maybe message them again in four or five months and see if they're more available yeah. and that's that's happened there's a few what we were talking off air there's a couple of guests that have kind of got lined up but they're like four or five months down the line yeah exactly exactly uh, i suppose yeah so we're talking about a podcast there so i suppose for anyone who doesn't know who you are do you want to kind of give everyone a kind of brief interest to who you are the podcast i suppose everything you you do yeah, uh, so I am a online fitness coach, mainly training females. So I've got like 99% females uh, working with myself at the minute, uh, which was a random niche. But when I was working as a face-to-face client or face-to-face PT, I was teaching classes at the same time. And most of the clients in that were females. So that's where it kind of came through. And I was doing face-to-face PT for two, a little bit over two years. And just my body was kind of burning out from the airs and went fully online. I started the podcast, the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast, which is on iTunes and Spotify. And I've been lucky to have the likes of Sinead Hegarty, Darren Cartel, uh, the likes of Amelia Thompson, Brian Keane, Siobhan O'Hagan, Becca. There's loads and loads of, there's over 150 episodes uh, there already. And it's it's madness. It's like ranked number one nutrition in Apple. It's just gone madness. But I love doing the podcast. Um, and then I have a couple of coaches working for myself as well now so the team's expanding and that's the most exciting part to see where it's growing and we've got team swf which is the clients and it's kind of about trying to get people away from the yo-yo dieting the restriction the 1200 calories and actually educating ladies on how to actually work with their bodies than rather than working against their bodies and that's a huge element for myself and it's definitely the most rewarding part of the whole thing Sweet man, and that's it. I think that leads quite nicely, and that's why I wanted to have you on today, just because you know your content, everything you preach, is very much down the route of like you know, fucking you know, let's 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 enjoy ourselves. Let's let's give some actual genuine information. Let's let's not do the twelve hundred calorie diets because that's just miserable in itself. Like twelve hundred calories, like you can't have a fucking fucking cross under a cookie on twelve hundred calories. Fuck that. You just had like a, like a third of your calories with one little cookie. Fuck that. And it's it's kind of creating enjoyment around that and kind of like, you know, kind of teaching people like you can diet down, you can enjoy, you can see progress towards those goals and you can still enjoy yourself in the process. And I suppose that's kind of, that's exactly what we're talking about today, kind of going to dieting, but more so a case of like removing the stigma around, oh, dieting has to fucking suck. And how can we create enjoyment surrounding that diet? I think the biggest thing when people say they're on a diet and say when you could, when you're in work and stuff and people are losing weight, it's like, oh, what diet are you on? They're looking mm-hmm. for a label straight away. They're looking for the keto. They're looking for the skinny tea detox, waist trainer, 1200 calorie, whatever calorie diet it is. But they're looking for a label and they're, they're getting attached to a label. So the biggest thing to realize is one diet for Dan may not work for Shane. And that's the biggest thing. Dan may be working better off, say, a higher fats. Shane may work better off higher carbohydrates. But the biggest thing is what you can adhere to long term. Like diet doesn't have to mean suffering. Diet means short term. So if you're going on a diet and you say you've been on, a, on and off a diet for 
30 years, 20 years, 15 years, the majority of your adult life, there's something wrong. The failure is in that feedback. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. If you're cutting out a food group, cutting out carbs, cutting out chocolate, cutting out ice cream, whatever it may be, and you're restricting yourself on, say, Monday to Wednesday, and then on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there's overindulgence, there's a bit, a bit of binging, and your calories are just exploding through the week, you're not on a 1,200-calorie diet. You're lying to yourself, and we're too quick to look for this quick fix. So when you're on my fitness pal and you enter in, right, I want the two pounds weight loss. I don't want to do the half pound, one pound a week of weight loss. I want to go for the two pound of weight loss, the really, really quick thing. We have to look at yourself and say, right, what are my behaviors? What have I done before that hasn't worked? Am I in a place where I'm sleeping? Am I in a place where I'm super stressed? Have I got kids to look after? Have I got kids to homeschool? How am I feeling overall mentally and physically? Or am I completely restricting myself and kind of saying, I can't have this? Dieting doesn't mean fads. Dieting doesn't mean putting or cutting out a food group. The biggest thing that I despise about the whole fitness industry is that we have to be attached to something. Why can't it be about finding a balance? Extremes are really, really easy and they're really, really, really marketable for companies, supplement companies, uh, uh, coaches. They're really, really easy you when people put up these transformation photos they sometimes can get triggered by the transformation photo in that oh they did that in 12 weeks why am i not like look at that in 12 weeks i'm i'm reluctant sometimes to put the transformation photos up because i know again i'm going to get one or two messages from clients who have just started saying no oh, i want to look like that but you don't necessarily understand what where that person started from what they had done before what position they were in what habits, routines, behaviors, sleep patterns, all that kind of stuff were created. If you think of like building a house on kind of sticks or on like a foundations made out of matchsticks, you're setting yourself up for a fall because the foundations are just going to crash and the house is going to crash. And that's exactly what people do. They set themselves up for failure by doing that. But if you set it up by building small little blocks, doing sexy stuff, giving yourself a, a time to adjust, time to have a little bit more chocolate, time to have the ice cream, time to have the carbs, include the events that you want. It, it's so much easier. Like people think diets have to be unenjoyable, but it's just if people go into that ideology, they're setting themselves up for failure. And that's where people get frustrated. They let the, feel, the failure cause and can't be an element of self-sabotage. And that's where that comes in. That vicious feedback loop comes in when all they need to take it do is take a step back right, I'm going to have some chocolate every evening when I'm with the kids. I'm going to have a pizza or a takeaway. That's one thing I'm hugely working on with my, my, my clients at the minute is have a date night, mm. have a family night, book it in. Don't count your calories that day. Just win the next day, win the next meal. If you have a, a half decent breakfast in, that morning, you know you're set up for the day. Yeah, that's it. I think on that point you meant there, is, uh, something I'll always say is kind of people love change, but they hate the process of changing and you know when they see someone else who has kind of achieved what they want you know it's almost like they're praying like oh i hope what they did was really easy so i can do the same thing like people people love people 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 want the people want the look people want the aesthetic they want what they other people have but they're very reluctant to kind of almost put that work in and i suppose the perception of it is again like you said towards the start there it's kind of like oh like what diet do you want like is it keto is it is it high is it low fat is it, high, is it low carb what is it hoping that they give them like a, like a label answers like, right, all I need to do is this. And it's a case of, on one hand, you've got the idea of, you know, they want that simple idea, but they have the idea that 
you know, they don't want to hear, oh, I, I looked at my sleep. I managed my stress. I tracked my calendar more. I took seven days off. I tried this, tried that. But it, it, it kind of, the more you talk about it, it's kind of like, that seems like a lot of work. I don't want to do all this. I just want the results. And it's kind of like, at face value, they want that kind of, I want this, just give me the diet you're on and I'll fucking crack on with it. Okay, well, it's not, it's not just that. And from that, they're kind of like, okay, ooh, that's a bit too complicated. Mm, I'm out. And it's kind of like, well, before you kind of, you know, jump ship already, kind of just start in the simplest ways you can, like kind of figure out where you are and kind of find that easiest first step to make. If that's, you know, looking at sleep, managing stress, you know, looking at whatever it is, you know, it's, it's about kind of creating what kind of fits you, not making a plan, not it's about make, about make a plan fit you, not you fit the plan. And when you actually look into it, you know, when you, when you try and make things like, there's no reason why, like when you open the book of file loss, it nowhere does it say, hate your food, hate yourself, hate your training, hate everything and fucking lose body fat. You know, it's, it's, when we look at the, the fundamentals of body fat, expend more calories, dig in on a consistent basis, you will lose body fat. And it's a case of how can we take that theory and make, and put the practice in, in a simple and as personal way as yourself. Like nowhere in there do we say, um, 1200 calories. Nowhere in there do we say, scrap carbon fat. No, 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 no. Nowhere do we say detox these. Nowhere do we say, hate your food, hate yourself, hate your training. It's a case of, Here's the thing we're aiming for, how I do it, how Shane does it, how John off the road does it, you know, may be different, but if we want to achieve the same thing, how do we make the process of getting that thing, that, that, that fat loss personalized towards yourself so you can enjoy yourself and sustain it long-term. And when you have it off, it's not like you're dieting for the rest of your life because diet fat loss, like you said, that like fat loss shouldn't be a thing. I've been dieting for 10, 5, 10, 15 years. Like if you've been dieting for that amount of time, you will have you in theory have no body fat on you it's case of fat loss and dieting shouldn't be like a lot shouldn't be like your entire life it shouldn't consume, consume your entire life it should be a period and then it's case of once you have that achieved you know moving forward kind of setting new goals and i think it's one of the coolest things ever as a coach kind of having a client who's been in that kind of oh, i've been trying to die for this amount of time and kind of actually see them finish a dieting phase and kind of you know have set new goals. Like I actually want to eat more food. I actually want to get stronger, build more muscle and things they kind of never thought was possible. And I suppose it's when you kind of, you know, it's, it's when you kind of look into like, all right, how do we make that more enjoyable for yourself? You know, that's when we start to see some magic happen. Do you know? I think it is. I think it's also, yeah, you have to give yourself the permission to have the kind of the chocolate. It's not a, like I, there's a lot of these words that are used in kind of certain slimming clubs and diet culture of sins and bad foods and good foods, all this kind of stuff. There's not just things as good foods or bad foods. That's attaching another label to the food. And that's one of the big things that I try to work with my clients is the, the language they use around the food. Why not call the food by its name? So rather than a treat or a sin, rather than saying, all right, I'm going to have some chocolate tonight rather than going to treat myself tonight. Because if you think of it as a treat, you're going to put that food up on a pedestal. So when you're in a lower mood, you're going to go for that reward, looking for that dopamine endorphin hit, and you're going to reach for that more often than when you're at a lower point. So you're better off saying to yourself, right, how can I incorporate the foods that I enjoy into a routine that will work for me long-term? You have to look about saying to yourself, right, am I comparing my journey to someone else's? Am I looking at social media? Am I looking at the Daily Mail? Or am I looking at some asshat doctor on social media or on channel four or whatever it may be who is promoting this next skinny tea if the diet is too restrictive and it's too good to be true it 100 is too good to be true and we're too quick we have we live in a now generation in that you can get amazon by a click of a button 
you can find your wife or your husband by a swipe. We live in a now generation. We've got this instant endorphin hit on social media. You're better off saying to yourself, I'm pausing and saying, right, have I tried to go for quick fixes before? They have not worked. Why not pause? If you want to go on the diet, right, look it up, do the research, research the coach, message the coach or whatever it may be, research the diet or whatever it is. Put the phone down or wherever you're looking at your laptop and sleep on it for, for say, 24, 48 hours. If it's something that you really, really want to do, then go for it. But what I would probably say is do not go for meal plans. Meal plans don't educate. They dictate. And then when you come off the diet or off that six, eight week ab blast program, whatever it may be, you come off it and then you're and you're back to square one afterwards because you haven't changed the basic pillars of behavior, habits, all that kind of stuff, the physiology, psychology side of things. We're too quick to want the next shiny object. It's like I compare it to, do you know the little green guys in Toy Story, the guys that yeah. look at the claw? It's kind of like that. That's the new shiny object syndrome. And that's what a lot of people look for because the marketing that companies do is so, so clever. They play on people's emotions. They play on their insecurities. And then the person's looking for that. But then you're also lying to yourself by saying you're on 1,200 calories. Oh, I've been on 1,200 calories now for the last three years. You haven't been on 1,200 calories. You've been on 1,200 calories for three, maybe two days a week for yeah. for three years. And then you're like eating loads. So if you're on 1,200 calories for seven days, you'd be on 8,400 calories a week. But what yeah. probably is more than happening is you're on 1,200 calories Monday and Tuesday. And then for the rest of the week, you're on say two and a half thousand, three thousand calories. And that's actually eating by nearly 15,000 calories for the week. It's nearly yeah. double that what yeah, you're like, saying. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that it could, when people are overeating, what they could probably do is bring it to back towards their maintenance. And what I mean by their maintenance is they're what, what they need to exist, the food they need to exist. So say for me, for instance, this is a number out of my head, I may need 2,000 calories. A rough range of say 2,000 calories to 2,200 calories to remain the same weight. And it's giving yourself a permission and a little bit of a leeway on, on that kind of side of things. But if you're pigeonholed by a particular... I want my 1,200 calories and I go over by one calorie, I fail my diet, or I go over by 10 calories. It's not going to work. Give yourself a little bit of a leeway. It's not at 1,200 calories, you lose weight. At 1,201 calories, you gain weight. That's not how it works. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. It's kind of like, going back to that first point you made, it's kind of like, you know, people people want what they can't have. You know, if you're on that 1,200 calories, whatever amount it is, and so restrictive, and you kind of, if you look at things like chocolate or crisps or, or wine or whatever it is as, as the treat like oh i've had a bad day let's have this like you're making yourself very vulnerable because at the end of the day like things like you know stress like work stress family stress general stress it's 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 nearly impossible to control how that comes on to you like we can't control the stress coming onto us but we can control how we react to it and when we kind of identify say you know these quote-unquote treats like chocolate whatever as your way of dealing with it it means that every time something negative comes up your way of dealing with it is a way that's going to be like at the end of the day, there's nothing bad about having a bar chocolate if you're stressed. Don't get me wrong, but in the case of we, when we look at the overall goal of say you want to diet down and you've felt like shit because you've been the same weight, you've, you've even maybe put on weight and you want to lose it, you just want to get rid of it. When we look at that goal, and it's a case of are the actions, are how we dealing with things for or against that goal? And it goes back to that idea of self sabotage. When we're 
like no one no one is causing us to to label these foods as good or bad no one like unless you're like weight watchers slimming whereas it's like a sin for example it's like you know we are we're self-imposing that idea of this is a, a quote-unquote bad food and it's a case of you know we're, we're making we're making it hard on ourselves to to actually make that change so it's a case of you know when we normalize these foods and we kind of remove it like it's not it's like you're not having a cheat meal you're not having a treat you're having a burger you're having a pizza you're having a bar of chocolate like it's 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 food at the end of the day and and then, like you said there, like with the 1,200 calories, like, yeah, you may be tracking 1,200 calories Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but then there are days you're not tracking. It's like, oh, well, the days I did track was 1,200 calories. It's like, right, well, what about the days you didn't track? It's like, oh, well, hmm, there we go. And it's, like, there's nothing, it's, it's more so case, like the effort's there, like you want to make the change, but the case of you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot by kind of giving yourself these unnecessarily outrageous figures, like, I'm going to hit 1,200 calories. No, I'm going to do 30,000 steps today. It's like, like in theory, yeah, if you do those things consistently, you will lose body fat. But then again, it's kind of like, can you do that consistently? And the answer is usually no. You know, if you're if you're a normal human being who likes going out and like who just likes enjoying themselves, nothing wrong with that. But in the case of you know trying to have twelve hundred calories, it's an extreme. Like you don't need to go that low to see results. You know, it's a case of just being any form of deficit, you will see results in terms of fat loss. But it's a case of how can we? And it's 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 something I remember actually chatting with chatting with Doctor Mike about in our podcast, and it was always like trying to eradicate that low hanging fruit, always trying to go for that path and least resistance. You know, if we can find if, if, and it goes back to, it's, it's a great quote from, I think it's atomic habits. It's like, if I'm flying from say London to Toronto and I change my trajectory by one degree, I'll end up in Texas or something like that. And it's a case of like, when we're trying to make, you know, when we, when everyone looks at kind of fat loss or whatever, dieting, whatever it is, it's because they want to see that change. They want to see that kind of transformation themselves. And they kind of think like, right, if I want to see massive change, I've got to create massive action. And the real situation is, so long as you're doing something that's more in line with the goal you want, you know, and you just keep adding to that, it's going to be a lot easier to get that. I suppose when we're looking to work towards a goal, it's a case of make it as, as easy as possible for yourself. Like if you're again, if you're going for a 1200 calorie diet, you're making it fucking impossible for yourself because no human in the right mind can work off 1200 calories. It's a case of how can we make it enjoyable? How can we just make, do one thing better today than the before? And that's more aligned with the goal, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think when people are kind of, when they go for something, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be dieting. And I think if it's work or anything like that, when you first start off working, you want to be the best straight away and you're not really in a position or you're not really ready. You haven't learned the tools. You haven't done the basic work in order to get to that position. You like when you start first start a job or whatever, you're always like, Oh, I, I'm, I should be up at a higher position. I should be on more money, but you haven't done the areas. You haven't done the work. And it comes back to uh, the compound effect. So I'm going to ask you a question now, Dan. Would you rather 1 million euro today or a penny doubled every day for 30 days? Yeah, I know the one. <laughs> yeah, and the answer is you'd be better off holding out for the 30 days because you'll end up with 5.3 million euro yeah. if you waited for the 30 days. But most people will be like, no, I want the million now. And that's yeah. the same thing with the diet. It's like, I want the quick fix now. Rather than if you'd waited for the 30 days, the 60 days or 90 days, you would have ended up with over five times the amount and better results. And you would, you'd be probably a little bit more fulfilled or if, if money is, it takes your boat, but everyone kind of likes money. But I guarantee when people get more money or get to a certain weight and it doesn't always lead to happiness because I think if you think, if you're dictated by what it says on a piece of plastic, you have to look a little bit more internal, have to look and say, why is this piece of plastic dictating my happiness? Why is this sad step? Like we, so, so many people associate, and I've been there, uh, and I think lads struggle with it too, but lads can also struggle with this 
on the scales not going the way up when they're putting on muscle or whatever it may be and that can be annoying but you have to look at it from bringing in non-scale victories in relation to well what do you go what do you buy your clothes off or what do you base your clothes purchase off how are you feeling your clothes you don't go into a shop looking for a size 70 kilos you go with a shop looking for a size four five six seven eight ten whatever it may be but it's how you feel in clothes it's how you feel in different clothes because if you went into zara it could be a little bit tighter but if you went to pennies or h&m it could be a looser fitting and it depends on how you want to feel and it's about finding the, the the ones that work for you and it's the exact same with the diet yeah completely agree with you there i love that point you made there about kind of you know you don't go into the shop looking for a size 70 kilos i love that that makes total sense like you're you know, it's cases of like, you know, a number and a scale is kind of like the question I will ask people who are kind of, who are like, that's like, I want to be this way. It's like, right. right. Here's, here's a, here's a fucking option for you. You, what if I said to you, you could be five kilos lighter, but still feel like shit. Um, or you're, you're, you're 10 kilos heavier, but feel and look amazing. What would you go for? And they're like, oh, I'd rather feel and look amazing. So exactly. Like the number that's like measure, like your scale weight. It's just like, that isn't you. You're not defined by the weight the scales tells you. It can be used as a measure of progress. You know, if, if we're trying to lose body fat and we just don't lost like a pound a week, it's like, okay, cool, you're you're probably losing body fat. That's just showing us we're on the right track. If your waist and thigh and arm measurements are going down week by week, it's like, okay, cool, you're probably dropping a bit of weight, a bit of body fat from those areas. That's that's good. It just it just it's not the be all end all. If your waist goes up a centimeter this week, cool. If your weight goes up 0.5 kilos this week, cool. It gets these are surely means of tracking like for us as coaches like we're not looking at weight and being like my client is this way my client is that way it's a case of okay if i look at the if i were to graph this and i see it's going downwards we know where the goal they want it we're working towards it if we see like if they want to lose body fat but weight's generally going up it's like all right well we probably need to change things like don't be upset because your weight is going up or down it's a case of this is just data to and when we have this data it makes our lives as coaches so much easier to kind of get them in the direction they want to go if they're going that direction let's keep going if they're not let's make some changes but it's always so important to understand like it's the numbers are purely means of the voice back there a little means of kind of tracking your progress and kind of you know making sure we're kind of we're going where we want to go um but again, at the end of the day, it's always a case of how, like, how I feel. If someone asks me, like, what weight should I be getting to? I'm just like, I fucking don't know. What weight? Well, the thing uh, is, like, people will always ask, kind of like, well, what's the best weight rate of weight loss? And you're kind of mm. like, it depends. Like, mm. I think what some, one of the clients said to, I do, like, coaches corner, one of the coaches, and he's like, we could make a drinking game out of the amount of times you say it depends because the questions are coming in from the guys. But, like, most people will base a weight loss journey off what the scale drops but not all weight loss is fat loss. It comes down to, we have to take into, into, into effect kind of like muscle mass as well. Uh, because mm. if we drop weight too quickly and you could, you could go quite gaunt quite quickly, especially if you're a little bit older and you're a lady who's a little bit older or a lady in general and you haven't got enough muscle on your body, you could be more prone to losing your cycle. You could be more prone to, to, to kind of causing an imbalance in your hormones. You could be, uh, causing a little bit more likely likelihood of kind of getting osteoporosis or brittle bone syndrome when you're a little bit older we have to look at the larger picture and look at the, the the kind of the muscle mass but people forget that muscle mass is an element of it they're like no the scales doesn't take into a muscle muscle weighs more than fat one kilo of feathers and one, ki- and one kilo of rocks still equals one kilo it's the exact same with muscle it just takes up different body compositions and is different uh, structures in the in the body we have to look at it from a slower point of view, a slower standpoint saying, right, we're better off looking for a greater reduction in fat loss rather than a greater reduction in, in, in muscle loss. 
So probably a rate of probably like it depends on the person, but like on average, like 0.5% of to 1% of body weight per week, depending on someone's starting point. So if I, I have numbers here in front of me for the example of like, if someone's up 140 kg, 0.5% would lead to 0.7 grams of weight loss mm. a week. But if they went for the 1%, it'd be 1.4 grams. But if someone's then the other scale extreme is 60 60 kg, 0.3 kg at half a percent and 0.6 grams on average, that'll be a, a week. But over time, the compound effect comes in and they could be down a little bit more weight, but it has to be a flexible approach. And people don't like this flexible thing. They're like, there's a catch here. What's going mm. on? They're like, what's this? What, what's going on? What's this wishcraft coming on here? But you're like, it, the things you've done before haven't worked. Like if, if you have to keep losing the same 5, 10, 15 pounds over and over again, it means something's wrong. When you're picking a diet or you're looking to go on a diet, ask yourself, can you adhere to it in five years' time? Can you adhere to it in 10 years' time? I heard that on Sigma Nutrition with Danny Lennon. And I was kind of like, that is a huge point. You say, right, this has to be a lifestyle. The scales may fluctuate by two, three kilos or whatever it may be, but it's how you're feeling your clothes. You're showing up more often than not. Your strength is going up. Your sleep is better. Your libido is better. You're having sex with the lights on. There's so many more different things that people don't really want. It's dieting is about consistency, not intensity of the actual diet. Yeah. Completely agree with that. It makes it makes it makes total sense. And it's it's almost like when you go into the idea of like, you know, like like it's too like it's like what's the catch here? It's like there's no catch. It's just we're looking to, you know, if, if we look at what you've continuously done and it hasn't worked, like you said towards the start, like insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and, and expecting a different result. And it's a case of if we want to be in a different position, be that body composition, whatever it is, if we want to be in a better, a different position, like we are a direct byproduct of what we repetitively do. So if we want to change the outcome, you got to change what we do. And it's when we change that in very small amounts. Like again, we're, we're, we're talking people making change. Okay, so if we just want to make it as small as possible, start off, we got to build from there. You know, just, just make sure we see consistency, make sure we see a flow going on. And people are almost, it, it's almost like you need to buy someone into the idea of, you know, making that change. You know, I suppose for someone who, for someone who is like, I suppose, for example, for anyone listening, so if, if you are work with someone new who, who has tried the fucking Slimming Worlds, tried the Weight Watchers, tried Atkins, tried Paleo, tried Slimming Worlds, and it's like, nothing's happening, what's going on? And you tell them essentially what we've talked about in this entire podcast, and they're like, hmm, that seems a bit witchcraft, a bit fucking voodoo, like, hmm, I think you're chatting through your fucking ass here. Like, how would you go about kind of like, because it's always, you want someone to buy into that because it's a case of like, if they believe it's possible, they'll, like, I think, I actually talked about this in my story today on Instagram and it's a case of like, if you're going to lift the barbell, right, if you're doing a deadlift, say one or a max, for example, and you look at that bar and you think, Jesus, that's two and a half kilos heavier than last time. That's going to be fucking hard. I probably can't get it. You may pull the bar, make them like off the floor, but the second it starts getting tough, you're going to drop the bar. I couldn't fucking do that. But if you come to that bar and think, right, it's two and a half kilos heavier than last time. It could be heavy, but I put a little more effort into it. I'll probably get it up. The minute I start slowing down, you're going to keep pulling because you know it's there. And I suppose when you're trying to get someone to be- like buy into that belief that, you know, what you're saying from a, from, from a, like when you're, what you're saying rings to them, it rings to them. They, they want what you're saying, but they don't fully buy into it. Like, how would you get someone to almost buy into the, like the fact that like, just if we kind of, leave that slimming world approach behind, leave the low carb diet behind, leave the fad diet behind and try what I'm saying. Like, how would you almost get someone to buy into that way of thinking? I think the huge important part is when someone say books in a call with herself to have like an application form and it gives it's fairly in depth 
and it probably takes a little bit to kind of fill it in, but it gives us a better picture of behaviors, what they're having on a regular basis. And generally when some people kind of may apply over the weekend, it gives the most accurate picture of like, this is what they're having Friday and Saturday. So it's kind of like, right, what are you doing at the minute? What do you enjoy doing at the minute? And then we can have it stack on top of it. We, we can say, right, if the person enjoys having a glass of wine on the weekend, right, let's have a date night. Let's book in a date night once a week. Okay, I enjoy chocolate. So let's have either chocolate with our Greek yogurt to get some protein or berries with it as well. So you're getting some fruit in. Let's have some chocolate in the evening when you're having giving yourself permission. If you are counting calories, not all my clients count calories, but if you're counting calories, put it into your daily allowance at the beginning or your weekly allowance and spend it straight away so you know and work your way back. It's about, it's, I, I don't like the word buy-in because I think people, when they, they need to buy into the coach rather than the idea of the ideology of the, the actual diet because we can all lose weight, we can all gain weight, but if it's not the right structure, they're not right, not the right route for someone, that's when things can, can falter for a lot of people. It's about working what someone has already and what they do already and tweaking that to make it better for them. Because if I went and said, right, you can't have any chocolate, you can't have any carbs, you can't have any fizzy drinks, you can't have any wine, you can't, the person will be like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's not going to work long term but they'll probably try it anyway, knowing that they're going to fail on it. And then when you start bringing it in, say, no, let's include this, you kind of get a little bit of a, a kind of a pause and say, hang on, what is the catch? And then you have to explain a little bit more saying, well, you're doing this at the minute and it hasn't really worked. So can we try this approach? And if we need to move the barrier a little bit more, we can do that or we can change the post. But the other thing is like, if you're counting calories, one of the big things that you get kind of get sometimes is like, Oh, I can't eat that many calories. But I'm like, you are eating that. You're just eating it more consistently at the minute. So someone has been like, so used to 1200 calories. You're like, Oh, you're here's 1800 calories a day. But like I can't eat that much. I'm like, well, at the minute you're Friday and Saturdays and Sundays are 3000 calories. So you have, it's just, it's just trying to kind of bring them up. You don't have to hit that target. But people are afraid to eat, which is not a good thing. People are afraid to eat because of what a sad step is going to say about them. So it's about working with, if someone has comes to me with a, an issue with the scales, it's like, all right, I have one of my girls, she got her kids to throw the scales out the window as kind of a form of therapy and the kids found it hilarious. Um, remove the scales in the process and we'll work off photos and measurements. If someone doesn't like photos, we'll just work off measurements of the scales. And trying to find out the psychology of what they've done before, what hasn't worked before. And it's about setting the the kind of like, this may happen in this time, this may not happen this time. I'm not going to give any definitives. Like you may lose three kg in what amount of time it is, depending on the person. But you have to set the set, right? If you if you show up more often than not, you'll probably get to your goal. But you have to ask yourselves, are, are your actions right now matching what you want to be become? Are you restricting? Are you giving up? Are you showing up? Is your routine? Is your stress? Are you consistent? Are you patient? If those things, if those pillars aren't there, or some of them aren't there, but then you're you're not really matching who you want to become. Act like who you want to become. It's like if someone is wanting to kind of grow a business or whatever, you look at all the big people like Tools of Titans is an amazing book by Tim Ferriss. He has all his kind of snippets of all his interviews, his podcast guests. And the biggest thing that comes through is morning routine. 
having a morning routine will set you up for the day. You win the day already. So what I want to become is I want to learn something every day and I want to wake up and be more productive in the morning. My energy is better in the morning. My energy in the evening is crap. And I know I'm better functioning then. So I'll become a better version of me over time by waking up that little bit earlier so that I can get ahead of the game, ahead of the day, knowing that I had, I was coming on today. It was like, right, I'm going to get a couple of hours of work done before I speak to Dan so that I can win the day so that I don't have this massive backlog. But people are afraid to to have those actions in place. We're like, oh, that's a little bit OCD. That's a little bit aggressive. That's a little bit extreme. But your diet's extreme. Your diet's extreme. It, what I'm trying to do now is trying to, I know where I want to go, but I just have to try and get the steps to go to the direction that I want to go. And I think a lot of people forget about that. Yeah, you're dead right. And it, it's, it's that idea of kind of, I think that's one thing that will scare a lot of people. And that's the idea of, you know, when you when you throw around words like lifestyle change, behavior change, everyone's like, oh, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to change everything I'm fucking doing. It's like, well, you're trying to eat like the amount of food a three-year-old should eat in a day. Like that, does that not seem a little like extreme to you? And it's kind of like, that's a good fucking point there. Do you know, it's kind of like, we're not like we, when we say lifestyle change or behavior change, we don't say fucking hate things. We're saying, all right, let's just, like, like we want to enjoy, like, life, we've 80 fucking short years. Like, we want to make them as joyful as possible. We want you to be in a, a happy, healthy, confident state, how you look, how you feel. We want you to enjoy that. So when we say things like lifestyle change, behavior change, we want to do that with your enjoyment at the forefront of what we're doing. We want to make sure you're enjoying your goals, but we, we have your goals and we achieve those goals and you love the process along the way. You, you can be you're able to maintain and sustain yourself while living your fucking life. And if we can put small things into place, small changes in mindsets and behaviors into place, not only are you going to see these goals start to, you know, beat, smash, and achieve, but you're going to figure out ways to, to be able to go off and enjoy yourself, have a few glasses of wine, have a bit of chocolate, go out for a takeaway, go to a restaurant, do your thing, but have these certain things in place that ensure that, you know, if I do do this, I can, I can, I can not relimp, I suppose, I can continue to be in a happy, confident state myself without feeling like I've just undone my progress. I and mean, that's a key thing to understand. Like, it's, we're not trying to get someone to not go out and fucking date, like, to not go off the cinema and get a fucking bit of popcorn, to not go on a night out and have a few drinks. Like, you want to enjoy yourself, but it's a case of have certain, like, non-negotiable plates to ensure that, you know, you get things, like, work-wise for yourself. Like, my, like we, we just said that my morning routine is so perfect. Every day I'll wake up at the same time, have a shower, go for a walk, sit down, I'll get back to messages from clients, and I'll crack on my day. And by doing that, my first hour and a half of my day are just insanely productive. I listen to an audiobook, I listen to a podcast on my walk, I've walked one of the dogs. Like I feel like I like by doing very little, I've achieved so much. And it means that I can go about my day feeling like I am getting those, I'm I'm taking off things. I'm I'm starting off productive, so I'll go I'll go on productive. And it's a case of how can we have these non-negotiable like again, my morning is my non-negotiable. Someone else's non-negotiable might be going different. It could be a step call, could be this, could be that, could be what they have. And it's a case of if we have these non-negotiables in place, you know, it's a case of, it's almost like the balancing act. You can do this and enjoy yourself, but you know, this is going to kind of counterbalance it out. And it's always about that kind of trade-off. It's understanding like, if you're trying to have 1200 calories a day and trying to fucking hate yourself and fucking hating the scales, like you're putting that pressure on yourself. And so it's a case of when you do overindulge and you do overconsume, you're like, oh shit, I've had like 5,000 calories a week and what's going on? Why am I losing weight? It's just, you're further, again, it's that negative feedback loop. Whereas if you just have a little more moderation to the non-negotiable, it could be a step goal, it could be a amount of training per week, it could be one day a week where you don't track. When you have those non-negotiables in place, 
it make it, it creates that balance and it kind of removes that stigma from lifestyle change. We're not changing your entire, we're not pulling a big 180 in what you do. We're making small little changes that are going to mean that like we can still enjoy ourselves and not feel like we've just let fucking shit, shit hit the fan. I think that's a massive thing is the thing when people hear the behavior change, lifestyle change, life change, whatever it may be, they kind of freak out. It's like, oh, that sounds a lot like a lot of work. But if you're working with the right person, it it's kind of like what you're doing already. So say if you've got kids, well, could you get the kids involved with your hit session? Could you get your kids involved in any workout that you're doing? Could you get your kids involved with the walks? Because ultimately what you do in front of your kids is going to impact them when they're older. So if you're struggling with your weight, if you're struggling with your eating behaviors, if you're struggling with your eating pattern and your language towards your food, a language towards yourself, the kids will pick up on that. They're clever. Um, they can be annoying, but they are clever. But it, it, it's what it's what you do literally over time. It's kind of like when you are saving for a mortgage or something like that or a house. I, it, you don't get it on your first paycheck. You don't get it on your second paycheck. You don't get a third paycheck. It happens over time. It's what you do over time. And I think that's a huge, huge element of it. And I think one of the other quotes from kind of the, the compound effect was like, it's not the big things that add up. It's the hundreds and thousands and millions that add up to make sep- make separate, make the person or separate the people from being ordinary to being the people that they want to become or be becoming extraordinary. It's the little things and little things and little things over time rather than this big massive splurge uh, that is going to to help. There's so many psychological factors in the diet thing. And I think people forget that side of things. Yeah. Hugely. They They really do. They put so much pressure on themselves that this has to be the time. This has to be the time. And then sometimes what can happen is an, an empathy uh, concern comes in or it's kind of like, well, I'm at this weight or I'm at this stage. I don't feel good enough to be able to remain at this. And that's where it becomes a little bit more difficult as a coach. That becomes more interesting as a coach to kind of work with someone on that side of things in kind of working with themselves, how they speak about themselves, trying to get to the pain point. But I think a lot of people, when they start off on a diet, they like the idea of a diet, but they don't necessarily understand the why, why they're actually doing things. So I always ask my clients on the phone call, I was like, what is your why? And ask five whys. So why do you want to lose weight? To have more energy. Why do you want to have more energy? So I get to play with my kids. Why do you want to play with your kids? Because then they'll have they'll remember these times when they're older. And then why do they why will they remember the times? So that they can have the same impact on their family. Yeah. So there's your five whys. Yeah. Bring in an emotional attachment. Yeah. Bring in the emotional attachment. It, like saying I want to lose weight is not a good enough goal. Hmm. Because there's no emotional attachment to it. You're going to be relying on willpower. You're going to be relying on motivation. Motivation is like Dublin bus. Two will come along at once, and that's when you get extra motivated. But then some one of them may not come for ages, and that's when you're going to slip. If you're relying on motivation to do things and show up, you're going to set yourself up for a fall. You're better off in saying, right, what do I need to do this week? Right, I'm going to do three sessions. I'm going to go for four walks. I'm going to go for a socially distant coffee. I'm going to go for have a, a kid's day. I'm going to bring my kids to the playground, play football with my son or play picnic at the garden or whatever it may be. Bring some sort of emotional attachment where you can lead by example for one, show for yourself and link it towards your goal. The habit stacking thing comes in again. Just do what you can. If you're, I think a lot of people freak out as well with kind of when events and stuff kind of come up. 
so like kids birthdays or anything like that or whatever's happening i think it's important to say right i'm just gonna have saturday saturday is be present with my family and then sunday is kind of like reset and if there's cake and stuff left over right give yourself permission to have a slice of cake you have control over having that one slice of cake you have complete control over having that one slice of cake but by putting your pressure on saying i can't have it that's like the little monster in your head is kind of saying i'm gonna have all the cake but yeah. by giving yourself permission to have one the only difference between you having one slice of cake and four slices of cake is the amount of calories is going to be there and the, the feel of guilt and shame and feeling shit afterwards by giving yourself permission to have one, there's less chance of you pressing the fuck up button, less chance to kind of mess up your headspace. But by allowing and giving yourself permission to and giving you the empathy towards yourself, you have control of what you're doing. But if by saying no to things, by saying no to events, you're giving the control to the event, you're giving your, you're your control to the food. That's it. And it's, it's again, everyone wants what they can't have. And it's a case of, you know, we go back to the idea of self-sabotage. Like if you're saying to yourself, you cannot have this cake. You cannot have that. You know, all of a sudden you want more of it. Like if I said to you, Shane, like, listen, there's a big red button right here. I'm not going to tell you what it does, but for the fucking love of God, for the next three hours, do not press that big red button. I don't want you, like, do not press it. The minute I leave, you're like, oh shit, I want It's like that, what is it? There's a great video on YouTube, like the marshmallow test, where they have like yeah. a bunch of like kids and there's like, is that a camera up? And they're like, right, there's a marshmallow in front of you. We're going to leave now, just don't eat it. And they leave. And the first thing the kids are like, they're like, they check around, see if anyone's there. They eat the marshmallows. Like, cool. That fucking do it. And, like, and, if then, they, and then people come back into the room and like, where's the marshmallow gone? And the kids are like, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Gee, that's fucked. There was a marshmallow. I didn't see that. There. Someone <laughs> must have taken you fucking took it. And like, if where do they went into that same thing? They're like, here's an entire bag of marshmallows. Just eat what you want. Don't eat that much. It, it, it's 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 so important to like you know. And like I said, it's, it's that psychological thing is so important as well. And finding out why, do you know? I, that's one thing I do as well. It's a case of like, we, we don't want to, like when someone's like, I need to rely on motivation. It's like, no, you don't. Like, I'm not like feeling like if your reason is I'm not motivated to do it, you're not, you don't have as much emotional attachment to it. And when you have emotional attachment to something, that's going to be your drive. That's what's going to keep you, that's what's going to keep you different. That's what's going to keep you doing certain things. You know, no one wakes up in the morning really motivated to brush their teeth. It's just the case of you don't want to fucking crack a smile for a photo and see like a missing tooth or a yellow fucking teeth or whatever brown your teeth. You want to just look fucking, you want to have a good look at You want to have healthy fucking oral hygiene. It's a case of the same thing here. Like if, if you want to lose body fat, okay, wh- why do you want to do it? Because I want to look better myself. Well, why do you want to look better? Because I feel like I lack confidence. Well, why is that an issue for you? Because I, I, I go for a swim and I feel rotten to take my top off. Well, why do you want to do that? Because I want to be better. Like it's, it, it, when you find out why you kind of, you, you're scratching the surface. You're kind of finding the exact reason why they want it. And when you kind of, have, like a car has petrol to move, like whatever happened, like we have that emotional reasoning that's going to, we have that reason why as to, that's going to make us do things. Do you know, and when you kind of stop relying on that motivation to get things done, in this case of like, I want this because this much bigger goal I've wanted for so long will make me a lot happier. That's going to be enough to cause you to want to change. If you know exactly that this action will lead to this happiness, you're going to be more prone to do that action, even if you don't want to do it, do you know? I think one thing that comes into it as well, I don't, I don't really like this analogy, but when people are looking for a change and they're looking to lose weight, they also have to remember that it took them a while to get into the position or mm. if someone's severely overweight, it took a while for it to go on. It will take a while for it to come off. Yeah. And I think... I don't really like using it because that 
can put people pressure on people, but you also have to realize that it wasn't one meal that got someone into the position they're in. It wasn't two meals. It was what we, it comes back to that compound effect. I know when yourself are like, say if you're on a diet or I'm on a diet, it's kind of like, well, how do I want to work this for myself? Like the impatience things comes in big time. Mm. Uh, it, the leaning out and you're kind of like, well, I have to, I'm, I'm going to give this another two weeks to see how I feel. And I yeah. may need to drop things down. Do I need to tweak things with my food um, or whatever it may be? And when you're talking about food and stuff, people, my fitness pal can cause a lot of uncertainty or a lot of anxiety as well. When people hear my fitness pal, they think, right, I need to weigh my food. No, you don't need to weigh your food. You need to just kind of say to yourself and be a little bit more consistent and kind of there is a barcode scanning function on it if you want to use it. There is also a, you don't have to scan your food. You don't have to use my fitness pal. You can aim for three meals and two snacks a day if you wish and keep it more consistent because what happens for a lot of people when they did have when we're in the offices and stuff was like didn't have breakfast didn't have a big lunch and then come home and want to eat the press mm. so you're starving yourself for the whole day and then you, you're, you're eating three four thousand calories really really easily so the whole idea of it is that you have a more consistent meals throughout the day keeping your blood sugar blood sugar is steady so that you won't want to eat the wool have your three main meals with protein some veggies some carbs some fats um, and i think a lot of people feel like that once again it's like oh, that's too simple why is why is this not being sold as yeah. the next gimmick and you're like well it's unsexy so why would it be sold like yeah. it's not it's like if i if i put up an ad right now and said oh well we're working behaviors lifestyle factors it wouldn't get a click yeah it, it yeah that, is that is that not it's, it's the not sexy stuff that that works that, that works people like, like why, why is this more of a thing i think a great my well my personal favorite analogy and you'll know i think what listening my head will know why it's like saying i want to be a really good swimmer but the irish is really cold well if you're wearing budgies or a pair of shorts yeah you'll be fucking freezing and swimming's gonna be a lot harder but if you go in with a wetsuit and a buoyancy and goggles and a hat you know you're gonna be you're putting yourself in a much more easy environment it's like why isn't everyone else doing this it's like because like you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's like, on Instagram, it's gas. Wet is like okay, he swims. But I think when when people are like, you mentioned there about well, that's what everyone else is doing. It's like mm. if everyone else is playing in traffic, would you play in traffic? Yeah. <laughs> but like you wouldn't. So why are you yeah. copying everyone else? Exactly. If you want to play in traffic, play in traffic. I wouldn't advise it. But mm. you've got to ask yourself. That could be working for Dan. That could be working for Shane. But I like ice cream every day. I have ice cream every mm. single night that's my chill time. So like this football on tonight. So I'm like, I'll have ice cream when I'm having that. Mm. That's my, that's my Shane time. That's my unwind time. I go to bed early because I know I function better, but that doesn't necessarily mean my clients have to do the same thing. They may have kids, they may have whatever. Uh, but I think if you can tweak things in any way to just make what you want to become, it becomes, a hell- and this didn't happen overnight. This wasn't, I had like, my whole thing was I had a health scare in order for this epiphany to drop. And I don't want that to happen to anyone else. Mm. And that's the big thing. I don't want someone to have to go through the sh- shit times in order to get to the good times. But sometimes it may be the thing to help people. Is that like, they need to have a shit time to see a perspective change. I think sometimes a diet isn't necessarily the answer it's a perspective change in how they see themselves how they talk to themselves the empathy the so the kind of like that whole side of things the emotional side of things that a lot of people forget about because when people kind of dig down deeper into the mental side of things it's the uncomfortable stuff that a lot of people don't want to like the, the five whys you mm. can see struggle you can be, see people struggle about question three 
question four and then five you're like oh shit that's what i want to do this for yeah but if you're doing things for what societal norms or whatever norm is you're doing it for the wrong reason if you're doing it because you're looking at someone in a bikini over in bali Mm. it's not it's not a why you're living by someone else's values you're living by someone else's norms when you could be happier in being a little bit more content having the ice cream having the chocolate every day and yeah. believe in the life you want to become. And then once you have some sort of goal, like an eight week, say if you're, when you can go on holidays, that might be the things to tweak things out of it. But then as soon as you introduce the chocolate or the ice cream back in, in smaller doses, the scales may go up, but your body composition might not change that much. Yeah. It's about like being some, someone in good nick in Bali or Thailand, whatever, like that doesn't hold enough like emotional reasoning to do something like when you oh, like if you're fucking again we, we, we you think of a scenario that may not align massively you, you're like right like the cake scenario if you're eating four size cake in one size size of cake you know if you were to in that moment think like oh well i want to look like this person that's not going to stop you <laughs> finessing and inhaling four sizes of cake but when you think geez i want to do this because i want to be a good role model for my kids i want to be more confident in myself and i want to like before I have a shower in the morning, take a second, look myself in the nip in the mirror, I think I look fucking cool. I look great. You know, and that's going to be much more, you know, powerful on yourself. Like, do you know what? Fuck it. I'll just have one cake, one slice of cake. That's enough. That's good for me. Do you know? But I think if you have the second slice, the third slice, it's kind of like, right, well, you have, you can win the next meal. Yeah. It's not about beating yourself yeah. up and saying, right, I fucked this up completely. Like if you want to have the second slice, amazing. But yeah. I, well, I work on hunger cues with the, the clients and stuff and say, right, am I actually hungry? Yeah. Or am I just kind of eating this because am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? The whole mm. system kind of comes into it. But if you are having cake and you're being present with your family and want that extra second slice of cake, think about the emotional attachments saying, right, my kid's going to remember this. Especially with lockdown, I'm with my kids right now. I want to make this as impactful because whatever I'm doing right now, or whatever I'm making my my kids' lives and the excitement and joy that I'm bringing to them on a daily basis, they're going to remember this. They're going to tell their kids. Their kids will tell their, their, their kids about what you're doing on a daily basis, about the memories that you're going to be creating. It's important to bring that emotional attachment again, having that why of this is an emotional attachment because this is my kid's fourth, fifth, sixth birthday, whatever it may be. I want to be present. I don't want to be scrolling on social media all the time. Yeah, I want to be texting all the time. Put your phones away. Make them no phone rule that day. Build a pillow for it, whatever it may be. Do something fun and just say to yourself, right, if I have the second slice of cake, I can just win the next meal. Yeah, that's it. I think kind of to start to sum everything up, I suppose a key, a key thing to look at is, is you don't need to overcomplicate it. Like what you just said there is, is like live your life and enjoy it. But small things like food, like just remove, figure out ways and methods of removing stigma around it. Like, I think a big thing, like we said before, is that we give it so much power. Like dieting can consume people. And it's a case of when it starts to consume you, you start to realize it takes time away from be it my kids. It takes time away from this, from that. And at the end of the day, you want the reason you're dieting, if we're to kind of summarize the case, you want to just be happier in yourself. And all of them, when what you what you're doing to make you happier removes happiness from your life it, it's very you know it, it's it's just it's so conflicting yeah exactly that's what can't do that's what i'm going for but it's a case of like you know dieting like again like dieting doesn't have to suck dieting doesn't have to ruin your life dieting doesn't have to make you miserable 
but it can. It very easily can. Like we know ourselves as coaches, it like methodology and how people go into it can make people miserable. And the key thing we want to do for anyone listening, it's a case of, you know, figure out how you tick, figure out how you function, figure out why you're not feeding the diet now, figure out why you're unhappy and kind of start to make very personalized tweaks and change to ensure that what you do, you fucking enjoy what you get from it. You love, and just to be happier, healthier, more content and confident in yourself and your own well-being. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, some with the self-worth, self-empathy kind of definitely comes back into it and saying, right, I am enough to do this. I am going to do this. This is for me. This is, this is the last time, but it's also not putting yourself under the pressure to be perfect because perfection doesn't exist. Hmm. Perfection is subjective. So something perfect to Dan will be different to perfect to me. But if you can set yourself up and have that some sort of win each day. So like I've already won today by getting up and uh, reading a chapter of a book. I've already won the day. Doesn't matter what else happens for the rest of the day. Couldn't give a hoot. And I'm a non-negotiable going for a walk. Um, and then I've won my day. Everything else, if something else comes up and something triggers me or whatever, it's like that. Well, I just take a sit back and say, right, why, am I, why is that triggered? Maybe I didn't sleep last night. Why did I have too much caffeine that I'm just anxious? Did someone say something to me or whatever it may be? Being conscious of what you want to do, knowing your why, not beating yourself up, not cutting out stuff. You shouldn't hate your diet. If you're hating your diet and you're working with a coach, say it to your coach. And if your coach doesn't listen to you, get a new coach. If you're on a meal plan and you hate the real meal plan, it's too restrictive, get off the meal plan. If you're finding it the dieting too challenging, dieting shouldn't be challenging. If you're a bodybuilder or anything like that, that's when things get a little bit more, they have to be cutting, they have to get super lean. But for most people that don't need to get up on stage, if you're looking at social media all the time and that's triggering you, get the fuck off social media. But then people are like, oh, I, I have nothing else to do. Well, why not play with your kids? Yeah. But they're going to remember that time. Like they're not, I had one of my clients yesterday. She, I, one of the new girls, she signed up yesterday. And she was like, oh, my, 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 she has twins who are like six and there's one of them three. The six-year-old is like, oh, mom's on her phone again. And I was like, well, there's your why. Yeah. There's your why. Get yeah. the fuck off your phone. <laughs> Man, it's it, dead right. I, I literally, I've, I've notes beside me here. And my last thing was like parting words of wisdom for any, anyone currently hating the diet. But I think you've like preemptively just shot that one out of the water with that one there. It makes total sense. Like makes total sense. And, I think it's a nice, it's a nice closing point to turn and touch with. I think we've we've touched a lot on kind of, you know, kind of why people hate it, why people are hating their diets, why they're not enjoying it, you know, psychological effects, physical things they're doing, habits, all that fun stuff. And it's been a, it's been a fucking pleasure challenge, Shane. Absolutely no, amazing. For, thank you so for much anyone, for having me on. For anyone listening right now who wants to follow you, work with you, learn a bit more about what you do, see your posts, see anything you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Dan. I love that chat. So thank you so much. Um, so at Shane Walsh Fitness on Instagram. Um, the podcast is Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast up on iTunes and up on Spotify. So there's new episodes coming out every Monday, definitely. And then we're trying to do them every Thursday as well at the minute. Um, and we're at like episode 150. And then if you're interested in coaching, the www.shanewalshfitness.com. And we're going to be expanding the team so that we can start a nutrition-only wing. So, uh, so that's exciting. So uh, that should be getting announced in the next two or three days who the, who the magic person is. So uh, yeah, super, super exciting times ahead. But thank you so much for having me on, Dan.
Fantastic, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. And to everyone listening, hope you enjoyed. Any questions for myself, myself or Shane even? Um, again, my Instagram, coach at Coach by Dan. For Shane, Shane World Fitness. Feel free to get in touch um, with coaching, with questions, the podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. Shane, thank you again for, for coming on. Thank you.